what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. The Lord Jesus Christ can still touch you and heal you today. I don't care how bad your disease may be. Jesus Christ still has the power to heal your physical body today. And this coronavirus must bow the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. And how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather Reprove them. I want to continue with the message we started last week. Walking as children of light. As we stated in the message last week, deception is Satan's greatest weapon. Before he became Satan, he was known as Lucifer. And he led a rebellion against God sometime in the eons of the past. And Lucifer deceived one-third of the angelic host to side with him in that rebellion against God. A rebellion, incidentally, that he lost. Glory to God. Glory to God. Y'all didn't hear what I said. The devil's a loser. Glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. Did y'all hear what I said out here in this parking lot this morning? I said the devil is a loser today. If you want to know who the biggest loser is, his name is Satan. Pull your fingers out of your ears this morning, Satan. You're a loser. I've read the last page in the Bible, and you and I win as a child of God. Glory to God. He lost that battle. And his greatest weapon is deception. He deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden to partake of a forbidden fruit. And God said, don't eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. We all know the story. Deception was the cause of that. Jesus came into this world. God became a man. 
lived a perfect life, died on Calvary, rose from the dead for you and I to correct the problem that came about in that Garden of Eden. And let me tell you something this morning, ladies and gentlemen. What Jesus Christ did at Calvary, it is a finished work. There's absolutely nothing that Satan can do to stop what Jesus has already done. Jesus has already paid the price. And, and, and what he did, his sacrifice there was accepted of God because he rose from the dead. Glory to God. It is a finished work today, what Jesus did. And Satan cannot stop it. He cannot affect it. It's finished. It's done. However, he can use men and women to teach things, to deceive people, to get them to place their faith in something else other than Christ and Him crucified and thereby be lost. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 6, he said, let no man deceive you with vain words. Now, last week we dealt with deception a little bit. We dealt with deception in the world. And I don't want to get into that because we'll spend two or three more hours on it. And I got some more important things I want to talk about. I do want to deal with deception in the church because Paul said, let no man deceive you. Understand this this morning. He was talking to the church. Let no man deceive you, Christian. Let no man deceive you, child of God. Deception. Deception in the church. What kind of deception? If the preacher that you're listening to does not address sin, and sin covers a wide ocean front, it covers a big territory a big area and i can go down and list one thing right after the other from adultery to fornication to to homosexuality to drinking to smoking to jealousy envy strife malice the list goes on and on sin if the preacher does not address these issues in the church and lift up the cross of Christ as the answer to these issues, then what you're listening, I don't know what you're listening to, I don't know what the man's preaching, but what you're listening to is vain words. You're being deceived by vain words because man's problem is still sin. It is a sin nature that every single one of us have, every single one of us are born with that sin nature. And that sin nature has to be addressed. It's addressed when you place your faith in what Jesus did. That opens the door for the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and life. And he binds up that sin nature. Good grace and mercy. That's good preaching. And I don't know. I don't care who's preaching it. That's what needs to be preached and taught in the church today. If the preacher's not preaching against sin and he's not lifting up the cross, chances are you're being deceived by vain words. Let me tell you something else. If a preacher comes up and tells you that what I'm saying, you're not going to find it in the Bible, 
Chances are you're being deceived by vain words. If a preacher tells you that the issues of today are not addressed in the Bible, and because of that, God has given us psychology to deal with the issues. Let me tell you something, folks. You're being deceived by vain words because God has already given unto us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. You can find it right here in this Bible that I'm holding in my hands today. See it right here. If a preacher tells you that the baptism in the Holy Ghost and gifts of the Spirit passed away with the apostles and the days of miracles and healing and all of that is over with, you are being deceived by vain words because God said in the last days, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. Glory to God. That's Baptist flesh. That's Methodist flesh. That's Pentecostal flesh. That's black flesh. That's white flesh. That's all flesh of all mankind. God's going to pour out His Spirit in these last days. He's already doing it. Glory to God. And the days of miracles is not over, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord Jesus Christ can still touch you and heal you today. I don't care how bad your disease may be. Jesus Christ still has the power to heal your physical body today. And this coronavirus must bow the knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Every time a person comes to the Lord Jesus Christ to get saved. And says, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me with your precious blood. I accept you as Savior. I don't know about you, friend, but that right there is the greatest miracle. That right there is the greatest miracle. Because you were on your way to a devil's hell to burn there forever and forever. And just in the nick of time, the Holy Ghost got through to your heart and you accepted Him as Savior. And He saved you from the flames of hell. That's something to get excited about this morning, church. Glory to God. If a preacher tells you after you get saved... That you can live any old way you want to. Just do whatever you want. You don't have to ask God to forgive you if you do anything wrong because grace automatically covers it. You are listening to vain words that will damn your soul to hell for all eternity. The Bible says if we confess our sins, and John was talking to the church, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're sitting in a church, some of you right now listening to me, you're on your way to church this morning. And you've heard some of the things I've had to say. Now, what I've had to say this morning has been a little bit strong. And I realize it's a little bit strong for your delicate sensibilities. 
But if you're going to such a church where the Word of God is not being preached and sin is not being addressed and most of all the cross of Christ being lifted up, you do not need to be a partaker with them. Ephesians 5 and verse 7. He went on to say in verse 11, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Some of you need to stop going to that dead mortuary of a church that you're going to. Because you're going to listen to poison. Let me ask you something. How much cyanide do you want in your soup today for lunch? How much cyanide do you want on that nice ribeye steak, Brother Dole? Well, don't you believe a person can be saved and still go to a church like that? You cannot put a live chicken under a dead hen and expect it to live. And too many of God's people are going to a church that ain't believing right and, and, and the preacher's not preaching right. And you're going to sit there and listen to that poison and you're going to lose your soul. Well, Brother James, I got family there. And my great-grandpappy put that pew in, and my family paid for that window. I don't care how many pews your great-grandpappy put in the church, and I don't care how many stained-glass windows your family paid for. You are going to lose your soul if you don't get in a church where the Word of God is being preached and taught under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to say something else. God is not pleased with you giving your money to support that which is not of God. Paul said, Ephesians 5, verse 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words, because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. The wrath of God is coming. The great tribulation period is right at the door. We are right on the very edge of this event taking place. Before that happens, the rapture is going to take place, and you need to be ready. Jesus said, you need to take heed. Luke chapter 21, verse 34. He said, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged or burdened with surfeiting. Surfeiting, what is that? Surfeiting. It literally means to have a headache from being drunk. A hangover. Don't be overcharged or burdened down with alcohol. As a child of God, you have no business with any kind of alcohol of any nature in your refrigerator at home or in your cabinet or any such thing. You have no, no need of it at home. Be not ye drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Be drunk in the Spirit. Get so drunk in the Holy Ghost you can't even walk. Your talk's all messed up to where people can't understand what you're talking about. But oh, let me tell you something. God will know what you're talking about. He said, don't be overcharged with drunkenness. Means to be intoxicated. When a person's intoxicated, they're, 
senses have been dulled. Their thinking ain't right. Their reaction time is not as it ought to be. And there are some of you under the sound of my voice this morning, you have so imbibed in false teaching. You've been going to that dead church so long that your sensitivity to the moving of the Spirit is no longer there. You haven't felt the moving of the Spirit in your heart and life since you got saved. You've been in that church so long that your thinking is not right, is not as it ought to be. You don't think right as it pertains to the things of God. And your reaction time, your reaction is not as it ought to be. You don't move if the Spirit of God ever does move in the church. You never say amen. You never say praise God. You never raise your hands. You're robbing God of His glory. Your reaction time to the moving of the Holy Ghost is not right. He went on to say... Don't let your heart be overcharged with the cares of this life. The cares of this life, what is that? A lot of people think it has to do with the necessities of life. Paying your bills, putting food on the table, making sure you got a roof over your head, that sort of thing. But ladies and gentlemen, that is not what the Scripture is referring to here. When it talks about the cares of life, it is talking about distractions. Entertainment is a distraction in the the world today. How many people today are distracted by entertainment? What do you think about this coronavirus, Brother James? Is it of God? Is it of the devil? Is Is it... Man-made thing? What, what, what is it? What do you think about the coronavirus? God's allowed it. And I believe God has allowed it. Have you noticed how much of the entertainment world has been shut off, has been shut down? There's too many distractions to the child of God. And God's allowed this coronavirus. He's allowed a lot of people to be home. And what are you doing with your time while you're at home? Are you watching that stupid box all the time? Are you playing video games? Or are you taking that time to get into God's Word and study? Distractions. He said, take heed that you be not overcharged with the cares of this life. Take heed of these things so that that day come upon you unawares. Speaks of the coming of the Lord. And the events that will follow after that. So many people are distracted. They're going to miss it. He went on to say, verse 35, Luke 21, verse 35. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the earth. Let me ask you a question this morning. What are you dwelling on? What are you dwelling on? Are you dwelling on an election coming up? Are you dwelling on it being a cashless society? Are you dwelling on this coronavirus situation? 
Are you dwelling more on earthly things than you are heavenly things? As a child of God, in order to be the child of light that God wants you to be, your dwelling is going to have to be in spiritual things, the things of God, God's Word. And Jesus said, as this time approaches, in verse 36, He said, you need to watch, therefore, and pray. Watch and pray always that you be accounted worthy to escape all of these things. Things that are coming to pass. It's coming to pass. The great tribulation period is going to happen. The rise of the Antichrist is going to happen. Yes, there will be a cashless society where all men will have to take a mark, either in the right hand or the forehead. They won't be able to buy or sell unless they take that mark. Is that what you're dwelling on? Yes, it's in the Bible. But I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm not looking... For a cashless society. Is this the mark? Is that the mark? I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. Who is coming back with a shout. With the voice of the archangel. And with the trump of God. I'm praying and I'm watching. And I'm seeking God. That may be accounted worthy. To escape all of these things. That are coming. Upon this planet. Paul said. Ephesians 5, verse 8, he said, Walk as children of light. Now, how do you walk as a child of light? That's a good question. What does it mean to walk when the Bible talks about your walk? What, what, what are we talking about? We're talking about your daily life and living, the way you behave yourself on a daily basis, your walk before God, the way others see you. How do you walk as a child of light? Turn with me, if you will, to Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to tell you how to walk as a child of light. Now, I'm not going to be able to finish this today. I fully intended to finish this today, but we didn't get there. I got a good running start, and then my time ran out. But if I gave it all to you today, then some of you probably wouldn't come back next week. Some of you probably won't come back next week anyway, because I didn't step on your toes. But I step on your toes because I love you. If I don't warn you, then... I won't be doing my job as a pastor. Colossians 2, verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. I ask you a question. How did you get saved? Now, I'm not talking about the circumstances in question, whether it was a revival or you might have been a kid or somebody might have witnessed to you on the street corner or Whatever a case, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about how did you get saved? Did you, did you walk up to the preacher one Sunday morning and hand him $100 and he wrote your name on a church book and that's how you were saved? 
No, Brother James, I didn't have to pay the preacher to get saved. I had to get in that tank and get baptized. Oh, let me tell you something. You can get in that tank and stay in there till you shrivel up like a prune. And that's not going to save your soul. Well, Brother James, I, I, I won't baptized. I was sprinkled. Well, that's fine. I think if you got a little bit of religion, then a little bit of sprinkling is all you need. But let me tell you something. When Lord Jesus Christ saved me, he saved me all from my head to my toes, and I got baptized. But baptism does not save you. Giving money to the preacher to the church does not save you. How did you get saved? You just accepted the Lord Jesus Christ by simple faith in what He did. And that's how you got saved. And the way you got saved is how you walk. How do you walk as a child of light? You keep your faith anchored in Jesus Christ, who He is and what He did for you at Calvary. That opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and life. And Paul talked about fruit. If you'll go back over to Ephesians 5 and verse 9, he talked about fruit of the Spirit. It's not fruit of the flesh. It's not something that you can conjure up by reading Dr. Spock's book. It's not something that you can bring about by human ingenuity, but it is only brought about by the ingenuity of the Holy Spirit when He gets into your heart and life. He brings forth fruit. And I want to deal with that a little bit more next week as we continue in this series, Walking as Children of Light. program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. 
On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.